Hello everybody, I'm Malachi, and this is the Thrice Perspective. Again, life has gotten in the way. I have gotten a viral form of pneumonia, and it has made speaking, breathing a challenge all week. So, with that in mind and a handful of meds, this week's episode, we're going to look at mental health. Why is it a major talking point? but nothing or little is done about it. It is always overlooked. It is used to demonize people and used to discredit others. So let's, let us get into this. The CDC talks about mental health and is a great resource on the subject and has great statistics. So the CDC explains what is mental health. Mental health includes our emotional, psychological, and social well-being. It affects how we think, feel, and act. It also helps determine how we handle stress, relate to others, and make healthy choices. Mental health is important at every stage of life, from childhood and adolescence through adulthood. Although the terms are often used interchangeably, poor mental health Poor mental health and mental illness are not the same. A person can experience poor mental health and not be diagnosed with a mental illness. Likewise, a person diagnosed with a mental illness can experience periods of good mental health. Why is mental health important for overall health? Mental and physical health are equally important components of overall health. For example, depression increases the risk of many types of physical health problems, particularly long-lasting conditions like diabetes, heart disease, and stroke. Similarly, the, the presence of chronic conditions can increase the risk of mental illness. A uh, great example, uh, my mother had um, MS. Uh, multiple sclerosis and uh, with that usually comes a diagnosis of depression because there for the longest time MS was a death sentence uh, it still kind of is in men it hits men a lot harder than it does women but that is changing thanks to modern medicine however depression is a rough one. Can your mental health change over time? Yes, it is important to remember that a person's mental health can change over time depending on many factors. When the demands placed on a person exceed their resources and coping abilities, their mental health can and could be impacted. For example, if someone is working long hours, caring for a relative, or experiencing economic hardship, or all three in my case, that may experience poor they may experience poor mental health. Yep, I can say equivalently that that is true, a hundred fucking percent true. How common are mental illnesses? Mental illnesses are among the most common health conditions in the United States. More than 50% will be diagnosed with a mental illness or disorder at some point in their lifetime. 
One in five Americans will experience a mental illness each year. One in five children, either currently or at some point during their life, have had a seriously debilitating mental illness. One in, twive, one in 25 Americans live with a serious mental illness, such as schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, or major depression. Guess which one I have. What causes mental illness? There is no single cause for mental illness. Several factors can contribute to the risk for mental illness, such as early adverse life experiences, such as trauma or a history of abuse, um, childhood, child abuse, sexual abuse, witnessing violence, etc. Experiences related to other ongoing chronic medical conditions such as cancer or diabetes, biological factors or chemical imbalances in the brain, uses of alcohol or drugs, having feelings of loneliness or isolation. To continue with the CDC, they describe what type of mental illnesses are out there. The CDC, this is the CDC. People can experience diverse types of mental illnesses or disorders, and they can often occur at the same time. Mental illnesses can occur over a brief period or be episodic. This means that the mental illness comes and goes with discrete beginnings and ends. Mental illness can also be ongoing or long-lasting. There are more than 200 types of mental illnesses. Some of the ones that I highlighted and added to my little notes here is Asperger syndrome, attention deficit hyperactive disorder, to also go along with attention deficit disorder, autism spectrum disorder, delirium, dementia, depression, panic disorder, pathological gambling or compulsive gambling, personal personality disorders, psychotic disorders, PTSDs or post-traumatic stress disorders, reading problems, <laughs> SADs or seasonal affective disorder, schizophrenia and seasonal and seasonal affective disorder. Uh, the ones I have are PTSD and depression and anxiety and depression disorder. Uh, it's basically very, very bad depression with bouts of high anxiety. Or it'll flip and I'll have bouts of just high anxiety and then depression. Um PTSD can kick off both, or they can kick off PTSD. It can be something as simple as I'm standing in line at the grocery store, and somebody gets too close to me and brushes up against me. It sends me back into an episode or flashback from when I was a security officer, and yeah, I panic. And if you'll excuse me for a second, I am going to cough. Like I said, I'm still fighting frickin' pneumonia. 
So, to continue, the list goes on and on. I also have a form of ADD. Uh, my illnesses is a combination of childhood and adult trauma with genetic factors. Without going into a long-winded personal story, let's just say I've had a rough few, a lot of rough past few years and a not so great childhood. What does that stuff mean? For me, it takes the form of no to low in energy, horrifically realistic nightmares where I am being shot, hurt, or family, family and friends are hurt or killed. I have had waking dreams where I have relived my mom's passing or dealing with the passing of a truck driver where I worked while I was a security guard. Sometimes I sleep days away. Others, I'm awake for 24 plus hours. Keeping work is nearly impossible. It is very unsettling. Let us look at how America deals with mental illness. This next excerpt comes from the Mental Health America, a nonprofit who works with the U.S. government to help Americans with mental health issues. From the MHA website, the federal role in mental health. The federal government works in partnership with the states to address mental health. The federal role in mental health includes regulating systems and provides uh, regulating systems and providers, protecting the rights of consumers, providing funding for services, and supporting research and innovation. As a major funding source for mental health services, the federal government establishes and enforces minimum standards that states can then expand upon. <clears throat> federal leg legislation and regulations, federal law create changes and provide oversight across the states. Legislation at this level may take a longer time but can have massive impact once passed. Regulations are rules issued by the federal agencies to help implement the laws. In terms of mental health, regulations cover a variety of topics and apply to several groups, including schools, insurance companies, treatment providers, and employers. These rules clarify just how major pieces of legislation like the Americans with Disabilities Act, the ADA, the Rehabilitation Act, the Mental Health uh, Parity and Addiction Equality Act, or the MPHAEA, and the Affordable Care Act, the ACA, should be implemented. The agencies also issue additional guidances when questions about compliance arise. The federal government invites individuals and groups to submit comments on regulations. You might see this or hear this referred to as notice of proposed rulemaking. For more information about how you can be heard, check out www.regulations.gov. Federal protections. 
federal protection, the federal, bleh, sorry, the federal government works to protect the rights of individuals with mental health disorders in various settings, including the workplace, schools, and treatment. It sets privacy standards, prohibits abuse, and fights discrimination to promote civil liberties and inclusion. It works. Sorry. It works to provide reasonable and reasonable accommodations and supports and supports to those who need them. Mental Health America's history is deeply rooted in protecting the rights of those with mental health disorders, and this focus continues to guide their work. To learn more from the MHA about rights and protections, check out Rights of Persons with Mental Health and Substance Use Conditions, Community Inclusion After Olmstead, and Privacy Rights. The Federal Role in Funding Services the federal government is a major funding stream for mental health services. In addition to funding mental health services that fall under Medicaid and the Department of Veterans Affairs, the VA, it matches state Medicaid and child health insurance program spending from between 50 to 70%, depending on the state. While these programs do not focus exclusively on mental health, Medicaid is the single largest funder of mental health services in the country, which makes this support especially valuable. The federal government also provides mental health block grants that support states in building out their community mental health services. The MHA supports the continued role of the federal government in funding services and advocates for expanded and sustained funding for mental health services. Federal role in research. Federal funding of mental health resources creates opportunities to study causes of treatments for and recovery for mental health disorders that might not otherwise be available. Government agencies like the National Institute of Mental Health or the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration lead research, administer grants, and educate the public about findings. This information contributes to the overall understanding of mental health disorders and services that can improve treatment and future research. So now we're going to take a look at the state's role in mental health. States have significant power in making decisions about their mental health systems. So mental health regulations and available services can look vastly different from state to state and even county to county. State mental health systems must meet certain standards set by the federal government, but they are free to expand beyond what exists at the federal level and improve services, access, and protections for, for consumers. These freedom, this freedom to experiment with new and innovative services and deliver models allows 
delivery models allows states to create improvements that can be translated across the country. State legislation and regulations. State laws create changes and provide oversight within the state. Regulations are rules issued by the state agencies to help carry out the laws. In terms of mental health, state regulations can address a variety of issues, including treatment facilities, medical records, and standards for involuntary treatment. These rules help states to implement their mental health plans and provide guidance as to what is and is not allowed under law. States follow the protections established by the federal government, with many states increasing protections even further. From the workplace to schools to treatment facilities, states have the power to increase standards for protecting privacy, fighting abuse, and eliminating barriers and discrimination to provide civil liberties and inclusion. This ranges from discretion over civil commitment and standards to determining duty to war or duty to warn laws to support access to the least restrictive services that keep people in the in the community. Mental Health America's history is deeply rooted in protecting the rights of those mental health disorder with mental health disorders and is focused on continuing to guide their work. State's role the state's role in funding these services A state's role in in funding mental health services varies across the U.S. While all states receive federal support via mental health block grants and partial funding of services provided through Medicaid and CHIP, each has freedom in designing and funding its mental health system. In addition to funding state hospitals, state funding is typically funneled to county and local levels where services are offered. Depending on the state's political and economical climate, states will pay a substantial states will play a substantial role in funding comprehensive mental health services. So now we're going to take a look at the state's role in research. Because they vary and their services and delivery of services, states reporting of outcomes provides important insight into what may or may not work and can translate into improvements both within a state and and across other states. States often use models or areas that have been successful and filter programs upwards, expanding them in size or to other regions. This flexibility can create examples of new and improved programs that can be implemented around the country. State-funded academics institutions also play a vital role in fostering research. Uh, A good example of this is currently the state I'm living in. The University of Minnesota and other members of the Big Ten community like IU or Indiana University, Purdue University, 
uh, Michigan University. They all have insane programs for both healthcare and mental health care, where they're constantly doing studies and research and trying to better people's lives. Sorry. I apologize. Nose is running. <laughs> I'm now going to look at some major roadblocks to the growth of mental health programs in the United States. This article is from patientsrising.org. It is titled Mental Health Care. What are the roadblocks? This is from May 28, 2020 by Jim Sleeney, Jr., editor. Now I'm going to read from the article. There is little equality between physical physical health care and mental health care. That is not that is not supposed to be the case, but it clearly is. Here we are we explore the issues surrounding the access of mental health care. Behavioral and mental health issues are rampant in our society, but they are not addressed as much as we would like. An estimated 26% of Americans over 18 or over 18 years of age suffer from a diagnosable mental disorder each year, and many suffer from more than one mental disorder. See your lovely host. However, access to mental health care does not come easy and is riddled with barriers at various levels. An online survey of 5,000 American adults found that despite a high demand for mental health services, there is a basic problem with lack of access to care. High out-of-pocket costs and insufficient insurance coverage including high rates of denials by insurers, 42% identified cost and poor insurance coverage as the top barriers. 17% said their insurance policy forced them to pick between care for their mental health condition and their physical condition. Difficulty accessing uh, psychiatric medications limited options, and long wait times. 96 million Americans, or roughly 38%, have had to wait longer than one week for mental health treatments. I am one of those. 46% of Americans have had to or know someone who has had to drive more than an hour round trip to seek treatment also have been one of those. The social stigmas. 31% of Americans have worried about being judged over seeking mental health services. Younger Americans are more worried about others judging them about seeking mental health services as well. So we're looking at 49% Gen Z versus 20% of the boomer population. State-level funding, geographic location, and income. 
States are struggling with a lack of funding for mental health care, rural mental health care, rural location, and low income can prevent access to mental health care. The article goes on. An online survey conducted by the National Alliance of Mental Health Illnesses, or NAMI, among nearly 3,200 individuals with either private or public health insurance, Medicaid or Medicare, found that 28% used an OON psychotherapy provider versus only 7% used an OON medical specialist and 3% used an OON primary care provider. The most common barriers to finding a provider were either the provider was not accepting new patients. That's a big thing up here in the the great white north of Minnesota patients or not or would not accept the person's health plan also another thing that happens up here but it was more prevalent in Indiana among those with private insurance 34% had difficulty finding a mental health therapist who would accept their health insurance in both urban and rural regions Low reimbursement may prevent health care providers from participating in health health plans network. OOP costs, such as co-pays, were higher for mental health service than other types of medical care. Your health plan may be in violation of, of uh, parity requirements if they are... There, if there are higher costs or fewer visits for mental health services compared to others, to other medical services, you have to call to get coverage or mental care services. If you plan, if your if the plan is not transparent about why it denied a mental health care service, you cannot find an in an in network mental health health care provider that accepts new patients. And finally, the article concludes with Medicaid. Between private and public insurances, Medicaid might provide the most comprehensive and well-researched in clinically proven interventions according to the NAMI survey. Medicaid patients were also more likely to have access to in-network mental health services compared to those with private insurances. However, this may not hold true in states where Medicaid mental health services are run by managed care organizations. More than 66% of Medicaid enrollees reported no out-of-pocket costs for mental health services, or OOP. There are some policy solutions. How can this situation be resolved? The NAMI makes several recommendations to remove some of the existing barriers to access. Regulations at the state and federal level should 
audit private health insurance plans and Medicaid-managed care organizations to make sure they comply with the MHPAEA with respect to adequate reimbursement for mental health service providers, appropriate benefits for enrollees, including access to a broader mental health service provider network so they do not have to go out to go on out of network increase access to telemental health services promote prescription of mental health medications by advanced nurse practitioners and other appropriately trained healthcare professionals there are a lot of misunderstandings about mental health and the stigmas around the stigmas around people with mental disabilities. For myself right now, I'm not sure if I can work. I have tried to get on temporary social security disability. The way our nation is set up right now, it's treated like I'm asking to be given a billion dollars. This could not be further from the truth. I would like a little extra help just to cover some expen expenses and help my housemates with some bills. While I take the time to go to school, which is part-time and is mentally hard enough, and try to get my head fixed so I can go back to work, maybe. Some would say that I'm, that some would say I'm just being lazy that I just want a free ride, and why should we as a nation pay me to be lazy? My counter, My counter is fuck you. Who are you to deny me or anyone else an opportunity to help to make our lives easier? We already have enough bullshit to deal with in our own In our own heads. You think most of us do not already feel bad enough admitting we need help? I know some popular influencers have talked about how depression and other mental illnesses are just a choice. My response to them is they are fucking dipshits. They need to read a few fucking psychology books as well. Depression is different from the act of being depressed. It, for me, is like a voice in my head that tells me all the bad opinions I have of myself, constantly. It is always there. It also makes me tired and feel as if it's not worth getting out of bed. Now, to address the assholes who say, well, life sucks, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and move on. Okay, fuckhead. First, in phys it is physically impossible on the planet Earth, you know, with the gravity we have, to lift oneself by their bootstraps. Two, yes, I realize it's a metaphor, but it's a fucking stupid one. It also is very unrealistic with the wealth and 
with a with the wealth of social and financial disparity in our great nation, you might as well tell a homeless person to walk to the moon, or worse yet, build a rocket and fly to Mars. It is just not in the cards for the mass majority. The stress of work can amplify the symptoms and triggers trigger attacks of PTSD, anxiety, and depression. I personally have a lot have a lot of past trauma from working security. And I also have a lot of back family trauma as well. I've had weapons pulled on me while I was at work. I've had medical response I had a medical response um patient, if you will, die on me a truck driver. Um, My mother's passing and having to make the tough choice of pulling her off life support still haunts me at times. This all adds to the perfect storm of self-loathing that is always present in my head 85% of the fucking time. Now, add to the fact that men are less likely to seek help (coughs) sorry and are made to feel weak by accepting help for themselves the toxic and deadly mindset of you're a man just deal with it and walk it off kills men each year to help paint this picture i will turn back to the cdc and their statistics from 2020 and 2021. The CDC states, suicide is a major contributor to premature death in the United States, especially among people aged 10 to 34. Let that sink home for you for a second. 10 years old is the and suicide is the major contributor to premature death in the United States. 10 to 34 years old. For whom it is the second leading cause of death. In the United States, suicide increased 35% from 1999 to 2018, before declining by 5% through 2020. Despite the overall recent decline, rates continued to increase among females aged 10 to 24, and among males aged 10 to 44 and 75 and over. This report presents provisional numbers of suicide by month in 2021 and compares them with final 2020 numbers in total and by sex. Provisional rates of of suicide are presented by sex and age combined and compared with 2020 rates. Date of 2021 are based on death certificates, data received, and processed by the National Center of Health Statistics, or the NCHS, 
as of May 15th, 2022. Populations for computing the rates are based on July 1st, 2021. Post-sensual population, sensual population estimates from 2010 to decennial census from the 2010 decennial census because most suicides typically require a death investigation provisional suicide rates typically are computed using death death data after a six-month lag following date of death which is longer than the three-month lag used to compute rates of most other causes of death. For this report, the 2021 data for all months had at least a six-month lag except for December, which had a five-and-a-half-month lag based on the data cutoff. Particularly, the method of of the suicide plays a role in the timing of the reporting, with the reporting for suicides involving drug and poisoning typically lagging other methods. Suicides involving drug poisoning make up a larger proportion of suicides among females, so the completeness of provisional suicide counts for females typically lags behind that for males. So, to recap. There are a lot of ignorant people who mean well when they try to when they try and help people with mental issues by giving advice. It is personally the same as as a white person trying to speak on the lived life experience of a person of color. You just don't understand. It's not something you have experienced. You can't speak on it. It would be like me going to a six-year-old and looking them dead in the eye and being like, hey, describe your experience at the Battle of Waterloo. Or how was Normandy? Did you enjoy D-Day? What did you do during it? How did it make you feel? If you want to help someone and you think a loved one is in crisis, pass on this number, 688. I'm sorry, six, I have six on the brain. That number is 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. That number is 988. Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. This was taken from the Crisis Lifeline website. We can all help prevent suicide. The Lifeline provides 24-7 free and confidential support for people in distress, prevention, and crisis resources for you and your loved ones, and best practices for professionals in the United States. Please, if you take anything away from this episode please get help for yourself if you are feeling like you can't cannot go on reach out to someone or go to a local er please try and get yourself somewhere for help 
There are programs out there that will help you. If you need someone to talk to, you can reach out to me on Twitter. That's at angry guy a n g e r y at on Twitter. Reach somebody, you know, uh, your parents, your friends. You may think they they may not understand. They may not, but if they're a friend worth their salt, they'll listen. If they're a family member worth their salt, they'll listen. If there's a, a pastor that you feel comfortable with, talk to them. If you're at work and you don't have anybody else, talk to your bosses. As somebody who was in a leadership role, there is we go through training for that shit. Yes, they may try to talk you into getting, going to a therapist or going to an ER if you're in crisis. Let them. It's easier to put the pieces back together when they're still on the table than when you've done something stupid and thrown the puzzle to the ground or tried to take your life. Believe me, I know. If you reach out to me, I will suggest getting into some form of therapy. I am no therapist and nor do I pretend to be. Again, if you need help, 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. I hate to end on such a somber note. Uh, my resources for this, of course, were the CDC, the Mental Health Association, um, patientsrising.org, and then the the light the crisis lifeline. And again, please, 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 if you feel down and depressed, talk to somebody. And if you think you're in crisis, call nine eight eight and start the wheels on getting better. It's easier than you think to get help if you really want it. So that being said. I'm Malachi, this is the Thrice Perspective, and always, 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 this has been my Humble Perspective.